I'm back and better than ever. I just want to feel like I'm enough and I want people listening to this to feel enough and so much more. Let's get a little bit more dangerous this season. Let's get dangerously dainty. I just want to reinvent myself this year. I'm just so over being cookie cutter and pleasing others. I want to please myself. Welcome to season two of Dangerously Dainty, the podcast, where we chat with underestimated people who make bold moves. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of Dangerously Dainty Season 2. Today, we've got another growth spurt episode on identity and self and the continuous transformation in that acceptance of your identity. Let's get into today's episode. There are so many things that can define a person, right? Race, nationality, gender, your personality, type of professions, religions, hobbies. And a lot of the time, many of us tend to stereotype and assume what encapsulates a person's identity. And oftentimes that's a quick judgment, a quick interaction. And sometimes it's just based off of physical appearance. And it's so important to really question and ask why we have these implicit biases. And we should ask ourselves, how can I avoid or correct myself from partaking in that judgment? And believe me, I succumb to this all the time that's like a whole other conversation and and today I really want to talk about how other other people end up defining you but how you define yourself and the difference between the two I want to start off with a little bit of background behind how I conceptualize the identity and the self. So growing up, I constantly went to visit my maternal grandmother in Orlando. And I'm the youngest daughter of the oldest child. So my mom is the oldest of her siblings and I'm the youngest child that my mother had. And I often felt kind of late to the party. She had me, my mother had me at the age of 45, but had my oldest sibling, an only sibling, 19 years before. And my sister is the oldest grandchild. So as you might assume, the majority of my cousins and my sister were born in the 80s and raised in the 90s and a lot of the time I felt a disconnect and 
I still do to this day because so many of them are in a different trajectory of their lives, including my sister. And oftentimes I compared myself based off of where my relatives were at in their lives and where I was at. And I felt and sometimes still feel self-conscious and I feel like I'm trying to catch up And I think that's a feeling that a lot of younger siblings can identify with. And a lot of the time, that's why you tend to act more mature than people your own age because you're playing that constant game of catch-up and wanting to be taken seriously and and respected and, and listened to. Mind you, I felt that disconnect with my cousins and especially with my grandmother. And by the time I was in late elementary school, I was probably nine years old, eight or nine years old. From what I remember, um, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Of course, needless to say, I had a really different relationship with her in comparison to my sister and cousins she would often take care of them. But when it came to me, I was often going down to Orlando with my mom who was taking care of her. So mind you, I was a kid. I don't know if I was being helpful by going down there. But I do remember, and a lot of the memories that I have with my grandmother were going on walks with her around the block. She had Alzheimer's and dementia, really. She had moments, I don't know if you would say panic attacks, but moments of like not being able to control her emotions and we wouldn't be able to always take her to church, especially as her condition continued and continued to progress. And this woman, she always went to church every Sunday that was part of her identity that was important to her so even though there came a time when we couldn't bring her I remember taking her on walks around the block and praying along the way with the rosary or you know just letting her have that moment of feeling like she was getting out of the house and going somewhere so I had those memories with her but to be honest, I don't even know if she knew my name at one point because in comparison to the rest, she had less memories with me, right? But she would always call me her girl, la nena de mama. So I say that story because from that young age, I saw someone that I loved not have the best of days and lose their memory And I started to think myself, at that young age, am I going to forget who I am? Am I going to have a disconnect mentally? And I remember vividly staring at mirrors and staring at myself and feeling a lack of connection between my physical body and the sense of self, I don't know if 
some people would call, you know, what I thought my soul, my sense of who I felt internally. But I always had these questions and I know it's crazy and maybe some deep shit at the age of 11, but I think more people experience this. I don't know if it's dysmorphia or or what it is, but I think more people experience it than we talk about. Especially now with social media, we're constantly looking at our faces and our bodies. And I read somewhere how that's doesn't usually come in, in human nature. Cave people didn't have mirrors lying around. The only time that they would see their reflection would be in a part of nature. So seeing themselves in a reflection of water, right? But they weren't carrying a little pocketbook mirror or a phone to constantly pick at every little imperfection of their face. So sometimes it, it can be unnatural to stare at yourself and and it was it was a trippy experience. And so moving forward when I became a teenager. When you become a teenager, you suddenly start to really describe yourself in certain ways. You start to define yourself and your identity. So I think my younger teenage self would define and describe myself as a shy person. Shy but social enough. Had a few friends. Unathletic. I felt like I was automatically put into that pool even though I don't even think I tried to do sports or anything of that nature. I was good at school, and I was girly. And because I was seen as girly by friends and people and adults, I think maybe they put me in that category category of, of defaulting to be that girl's girl. And I had always liked fashion and accessories, so it seemed like that was the right fit. So an example would be how my my dad tried to teach me how to ride a bike and I gave up after a few tries and I fell and instantly my mom would always tell me that I was just not adventurous of, enough or wanting to take risks in an athletic way like my sister because she loved going rollerblading and biking and she even attempted ice skating at one point. And you're so impressionable at that age. And I don't fault my mother. I don't think she had bad or ill intention. But I did absorb that. Maybe to the point where I thought that I wasn't an adventurous adventurous person. And a person that was scared and had anxiety when it came to taking risks. Even though I later came to realize that there were other ways that I was a bold, adventurous person by traveling to different countries that no one in my family had ever visited before. But needless to say, I did really capture that essence of what other people kind of placed on me without really knowing what it meant to be a girly girl. And why do we feed this crap to kids? Why do we find the need to find the need to put people in boxes that you have to fit into this this type of person the stereotype 
a lot of young people really take to heart and identify based off of what the people who love them think of them. Because you really don't even think of yourself as a specific person. Because you're still learning who you are, which is totally normal. And also, it's so it's so wrong to think that that version of you has to be static. It's always going to change. And it comes to a point where you have to accept that change. And the evolution that comes with how you identify and that sense of self that internal feeling of who you think you are because there's some days that you're gonna feel a disconnect and that's okay maybe it's a good moment to be mindful and sit and think of how you're feeling and who you think you are and maybe it's time to switch it up right as long as it's good for you it's super hard to get the noise out of your head of who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. But that's why spending time with yourself and sitting in silence and doing the things that you've always wanted to do can provide that insight. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person that knows yourself, even if you feel like you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. You're a person who's figuring it out. My mom always tells me this. Uno nace solo y muere solo. And it's a little bit morbid, but the translation is you are born alone and you die alone. And I guess in the literal sense, like, yes, you're going through that process. Your mom is there or the person delivering you there is there, right? And the loved ones in that room. But if you think about it, you kind of are doing it alone. And I think she tells me that because it's important to not let relationships or friendships kind of dominate who you are. I'm hoping I'm making sense, but I, I want to plug a little bit of an example. And I think it's so crazy how this came out about four days ago when I was starting to write out this episode. But... The Disney Channel star, Dove Cameron, she kind of went viral recently with a post about her struggle with her identity and sense of self. And I wanted to read what she wrote because, again, I think it's something that we all feel and seeing someone in the public light be so genuinely honest is comforting and such a discomforting conversation on may 18th she wrote i've been struggling lately with the concept of self my inner relationship to who i know myself to be and my outer perceivable self who i feel i have never known but other people seem to i've been covering mirrors lately i've been feeling wrong in clothing that used to make me feel beautiful lately I've been crying a lot lately, sometimes terrorized by my identity and image, sometimes in absolute flow with something new and peripheral and joyous to me. 
I don't know if I've ever slowed down enough to learn who I am outside of fight, flight, or freeze. But the self finds ways of showing up anyway, trickling in enough to hint at who we might be if we didn't feel we had to be everything but the self. Sexuality and performative gender norms, societal rewards and identity are really throwing me for a loop. Social media and mirrors and branding and the constant broadcasting of self-invisibility of ourselves and everyone everywhere is not optimal for mental health, clarity of energy or relationship to our inner world. For any of us, this is a modern problem not designed with human health in mind. What I'm choosing to say is I am in process, I'm investigating, I'm struggling more than half of the time, and I'm trying to maintain a quiet, non-judgmental curiosity rather than punish myself for not knowing what I'm feeling or where I'm going. I share this without conclusion because I don't have answers for myself yet, and because I have a feeling it's a very intrinsical, modern human conversation And I never want you to feel alone in a sea of what seems like humans who are comfortable in their identity. Like, they may not even have to think twice about it, which is wonderful and we're happy for them. We all deserve a life unburdened by the societally created identity. We all deserve to unlearn self-abuse and self-hatred. I am on that journey now, and I'm sharing so that we may all feel more comfortable in a conversation that may be confusing and we may navigate something that feels difficult to put to words together. Human first. The rest is all the rest. Emotion is cool. Dysphoria is okay. Living as a human is intense and we're all holding hands. Don't forget. If you want to read that for yourself, I'll link it in the episode notes, but of course, just look up Dove Dove Cameron on IG. And it's such a lot to take in, right? And you can't go from one day to the next. I mean, if you can, applause to you. Tell me what you do to really figure out, like she says, that conclusion of, of understanding and not being judgmental towards yourself for not knowing who you are. And I think that's really important, especially for people who are people pleasers. I identify as a people pleaser. Hell, the other day, talking to my partner, I was really upset with myself that I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do in the day. I couldn't figure out what I needed and what I wanted to do for myself. And I think you get so or I get so wrapped up, and I think other people pleasers do as well, in wanting to please everyone around them. And if you don't, you feel a sense of guilt. But it's so important to at least take the first step once you feel ready to identify how you feel inside, putting aside performative gender norms. Because, for instance, I think I'm a people pleaser because... As a woman, I've seen older women who are role models for me pleasing everyone around them. 
And those are great examples of compassion and kindness and selflessness. But it does also fit into a gender norm that can be self-destructive and not conducive to growth and finding strength in oneself. But realizing that and actually acting on it takes, takes clarity of the mind. And you have to be courageous to take that step too because the mind and the subconscious is filled with so much. I hope that this conversation is comforting because although no one knows you as much as you can potentially know yourself, we are all united in that trajectory, in that human experience to figure this shit out. Let me know what you all feel in terms of the identity and self. Thank you for listening to this episode and please follow on social media to continue this conversation. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dangerously Dainty, the podcast. Don't miss out on new episodes by turning on notifications for any new releases. And while you're at it, I would love to see you supporting the show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, you can also follow the Dangerously Dainty Instagram at dangerously.dainty. Thanks for listening and keeping unexpectedly bold.